Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. If you could go to Numbers 13, it's a very familiar passage. Numbers 13. And I believe God has a word that is going to literally turn this city upside down because he's going to start with us first. Numbers 13, verses 26 through 33. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. The text says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruits. Nonetheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Somebody say giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and all the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw giants. Somebody say giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in there. Father, I thank you for this word. Now release your anointing to destroy every yoke in this place, to destroy every giant in this place. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I believe that the church is entering into a new season where we're about to witness a greater manifestation of God's power on display. Now, I'm not just talking about church from Sunday to Sunday, but I'm talking about in our own private lives, in our homes, in our families, on our jobs, and even in our communities. The prophet Joel said in Joel 2, 28 and 30, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters, they shall prophesy. 
your old men shall dream dreams, and your, your young men, they shall see visions. He said, on your men's servants, on your maid servants, I will pour out my spirit. And he said, and I will show my wonders in the heavens and in the earth. That is why I exhorted the way I did last Sunday doing communion. God has been birthing in me a greater expectation and a hunger to see more of his power on display. And I believe, beloved, that God has birthed in us a hunger where we will put a demand on the anointing of God, where we will begin to consistently see the demonstration of God on display. Now, I'm not talking about just in this four walls of church. I'm talking about wherever you go. Because if I remember correctly, we are the church of the living God. So wherever you go, Jesus just showed up. So we should be walking in the type of anointing on a consistent basis that wherever we go, tumors begin to dry up. Every sickness begins to be canceled at its core. Why are we not seeing the blind eyes open and the deaf begin to hear? Why can't we see the lame get up out of their wheelchair and begin to walk? Why can't we begin to see salvation for those who people say could never get saved? I'm talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. So in this new move of God, God is challenging us to begin to shake off our religion. To shake off our religion. Bishop challenged us last week in his exhortation and in his teaching. No longer will we be comfortable coming to church just to get our spiritual high. To get our shout on. To get our dance on. To get our emotional exuberation. No, no, no. God is raising up a church and he's challenging us and he's raising us up to become spiritual assassins who know who we are and understand our assignment. And because we understand who we are and we understand our assignments, when we come to church, we don't come to church for a good time. We come to church to get equipped. So when we go out in the warfare field, we're ready to do warfare on the enemy, on our jobs, in our families, in our communities. Wherever we go, Jesus just showed up. So, we're in preparation mode. God is preparing us. He's expanding our faith. And he's opening up our understanding so that we'll have the capacity to walk in this new season of divine demonstration. No longer is God looking for a church that would just say a thing, but he is looking for a church that'll walk it out. He's looking for a church that can begin to lay hands on the sick and begin to see the sick recover. Healing, deliverance, prosperity even. God is expanding our ability. And Bishop, that's why he taught on being able to find that balance between work, worship, and well-being because God is placing proper spiritual infrastructure 
into place so that we can handle this new level of calling and purpose. But here lies the issue. Do you believe? Here's the issue. Do you believe what God says about you? Do you believe that God can use you despite everything you've been through, despite everything you messed up, despite every failure? How many of you know you are not what you've done? Do you believe? Has God made any promises to you that you're questioning? God, will you do it for me? And can it, so I told you he'd been messing with me all week, right? And so, you know, Bishop got up here and he repented to us last week. And so, you know, I guess I got to repent openly too, I guess. Yeah, okay, all right, because I'm going to follow my leader. And so about two weeks ago, we were going on a trip up to Jersey in New York. And before we left, I was standing in my bedroom and the Holy Ghost, I mean, I was just minding my own business, y'all. And I didn't know anything about preaching. Can I tell you something? This was last minute. So I knew nothing about preaching. This is just God just talking to his kid. And I was just, just in, the, in, in my bedroom, minding my own business. And the Holy Ghost said, you stop believing. You know, I had to clutch my pearls. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. Brother had to clutch his pearls. Because I'm like, I ain't backsliding. You know, I still love the Lord. And, you know, I still, I'm still going to heaven and everything. And he was like, but you, you stop believing what I told you about you. Forgive me, y'all, but doing this word, if I start running, if I start crying, if I start having an emotional release, just forgive me. I'm just telling y'all, this is one of those words where he's been ministering to me all week long. He said, you stop believing what I told you about you. What I said I was going to do in you. What I said I was going to accomplish through you. What I told you you could be. See, sometimes we focus on what we do, and God is trying to get, God is trying to get us to a place of being. And He said, You stop believing. And I said, God, I I, I repent. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, look, you know, I, I repent, and God said, Give me this week. Because we were going away. He said, give me this week. I'll begin to show you wonders. And I'm telling you, y'all, he turned me upside down. I have not been the same since. My faith has been radicalized. I believe for crazy stuff now. I believe that, I mean, right now there could be an angel right there with his sword out ready to do warfare for your behalf. That's the kind of radicalized faith And I know I'm not by myself. God is raising us up. 
to stop playing church and start being the church. Stop saying one thing and you know you don't believe it. Stop lying to yourself. So we got the text. I'm going to go back to the text. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get to the text. So in the text, we have the Israelites who are people, God's chosen people. Not only are they God's chosen people, they are a people with a promise. Has God ever promised you anything? Or is there anybody in here who's still waiting on God's promise that he's spoken over your life? Is there anyone who's gone through trials and tribulations and you yet still holding on to the word that God spoke over you? A promise. God's chosen people. And in this promise, you have God finally saying to the children's, uh, children of Israelite, I'm releasing you into the promise. It's been over 400 years since he gave that promise to Abraham, their forefather. And they've gone through all types of trials. They've gone through decades and, and centuries of bondage and captivity. They've gone through the wilderness and had to eat manna. They've been chased into the Red Sea. And now they're in the wilderness. And God is finally saying, it's time. It's your time in your season. Is there anybody in here who feels like this? It is now my time. And it's now my season. It's now my time to walk in everything God said about me. It's now my season to walk in everything God promised me. It's my time and my season. But we got a hitch. We got a problem. Moses sent 12 spies, 12 leaders from the 12 tribes of Israel into the promised land. Now, this is what Moses told them to do. He says, spy out the land and see if the land is truly flowing with milk and honey. He said, now bring me back a snack because I heard they got good food over there. So, you know, bring me some of those grapes. You know, the grapes were so big, you know, they, they, they had to put them on branches and they had to put it, wrap it around a pole and it took two men to carry the grapes. They were just that big. He said, bring me some of that. Give me a, or some hors d'oeuvres or something like that. Hook a brother up. Some grapes, some figs, some pomegranates. So bring me some of that. He said, check out their security system. See, is it fortified or vulnerable? And he said, and then check out the people. He said, see if they can fight. See if they're strong or see if they're weak. But when they came back, they gave a report that said they were giants. In the land, there were, there were overwhelming obstacles that was in front of them. There is an enemy who appears to have the upper hand that stands between them and the promise. What happens when God gives you a word and God gives you a promise, but there's a giant between you and that promise? What happened when God gives you a word that is in direct contradiction to your circumstances? What happened when God gives you a word that doesn't line up with where you're going? So you got a people, you got a promise, <laughs> and now you got a problem. 
And here is the problem. When God tells you it's your time and season, it doesn't matter what that problem looks like. It doesn't matter how big that problem is. It doesn't matter how big that contradiction appears to be. If God said it, that settles it. I believe it. And the problem that's going on right now in the church is that there's a contradiction of life going on in the body of Christ where God has given you some promises, but you've been looking at the giants instead of the God that controls the giants. You need to look at your neighbor and tell them the, the topic of my message. Look at them and say, neighbor, neighbor. It's, time it's time to go. Look at the other neighbor, eyeball to eyeball, and say, neighbor, neighbor. It's, time it's time to go. I don't care what's going on. I've been through too much not heaven to allow this release that God's about to release in my life to let the promises go by the wayside. I don't care what's going on, but I refuse to let the trick of the enemy trick me out of my inheritance, trick me out of my destiny, trick me out of my purpose, trick me out of my calling, trick me out of my anointing. Look at your neighbor say, it's time to go. So if you're going to walk in this new level of release in your life, there are three principles I got for you that I'm going to go take my seat. Three things that you're going to have to do in order to see this smooth transition into the promise that God has for you. The first one, tell your neighbor, stop lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Stop lying to God. Stop lying to others. Stop lying to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And before you clutch your pearls and say not the saints lying, yes, the saints lie. Because the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? in the text when the spies when it went out to go and spy out the land 10 of the 12 came back with a bad report now although the land was just as God had described it exceedingly great and flowing with milk and honey their focus was on their obstacles instead of returning with a confirmation and a strategy to take the city that they offered excuses for why they were going to disobey God. They said the cities were large and they were fortified. They said the people were strong and the people were mighty. They said there are giants in the land and that we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes and in their eyes too. They offered excuses. Let me help you with something. An excuse ain't nothing but a lie wrapped up in reason. Look at your neighbor and say, stop lying. Stop lying. Stop lying. My question to you, what lies have you been offering to the Lord for your disobedience? What lies have you been telling yourself 
about yourself. Because after a while, whatever lies you consistently tell yourself, you're believing. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I like it how Dr. Darius Daniels put it. He says this, how far you go and how much you grow does not depend only on what you believe about God. But how far you go and how much you grow is equally impacted by what you believe about yourself. So if you believe that you are grasshoppers in your own eyes, you can't believe God for the promotion because you won't even apply for the job. I'm going to try this side. If you believe that God has put giants in your land to destroy the promise that he gave you, you won't even think about being an owner. You'll just settle for being a renter. As long as you keep yourself feeding these lies, believing the lies, meditating on the lies, you will never be able to maximize the call and the purpose that God has on your life. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, stop lying. Yeah, yeah, stop lying. Stop lying. Stop lying. That's one. Stop lying. Number two, stop complaining. I told you this word's going to be rough. I got to take my glasses off for this one. Because I feel my cogentness coming out in this one. Stop complaining. When the 10 spies gave their report, they says the entire congregation pitched a fit. Numbers 14, 1 through 4 says, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept. That night, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. What kind of foolishness is that? If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt so that they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt? What kind of demon convinces you that it is better for you to live in bondage than to live in... What kind of demon convinces you to go back to your own vomit and live in the bondage of yesterday instead of living in the abundant freedom that God has provided for you? The devil is a lie. I refuse to go back to the bondage. I refuse to go back to the... I refuse to go back to the mess. Isn't it interesting that the enemy can convince the people of God that bondage is better than freedom. 
isn't it interesting? I found it strange that the enemy could use God's people to convince other God's people that bondage is better than freedom. Bondage, strongholds, addictions, lack, insecurities, death. Think about it. The people or the children of Israel were recommending to other children of Israel that it's better that we go back to the mess, the bondage and the death that we just left after 400 years. Come on, you're talking about going back to the oppressor who raped you, who beat you, who murdered you at will. The same oppressor who just sent 600 of his finest chariots after you into the Red Sea to slaughter you, your wives, and your children. You'd rather go back to that than believe the word of the God who set you free from the captivity, who delivered you from the hand of the oppressor, who led you to the Red Sea and declared over you the enemy you see today. You will no longer see him anymore. The same God that led the oppressor into the Red Sea and drowned your oppressor. How many of you had God drown your oppressor, drown your captivity, drown your bondage under the blood of Jesus, the blood that sanctifies, the blood that sets you free, the blood that delivers, the blood... It's a trick. The Bible calls Satan a liar and the father of all lies. But the problem is, beloved, we have accepted the lies of the enemy. Too often we have allowed him to speak into our secret place, speak into our insecurities. This ain't even in my notes. Speak into our areas where we've been struggling with privately and we have allowed ourselves to remain bound by the lies of the enemy. But I come to serve notice on the enemy. You are exposed and you are a thief. And the Bible says when a thief has been exposed, you got to repay seven times seven. Complaining questions the judgment of God. Complaining questions the sovereignty of God. Are you going to trust your God or are you going to trust your circumstances? I don't know about you. But I've been too, through too much. I've seen his faithfulness too much. I've seen him come through too much. I've seen him move mountains too much. I've seen him walk me through the valley. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? 
I will feel no evil. Why? Because he's with me. I've seen him move too much. Come on, somebody say stop complaining. I'm almost done. Stop lying. Stop complaining. The third one, stop settling and start walking. Listen, it is the strategy of the enemy to get us to a settle, a place in our spirit where we'll settle for less rather than God's best for our lives. It's the plan of the enemy to keep you stagnant. Stagnant in your mind, stagnant through fear, stagnant in your growth. The Bible says in John 10 and 10, the thief does not come except but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I come that you might have life and that life more abundantly. Listen, beloved, the devil is not just after your physical life. He will settle for stealing your hope, for destroying your dreams, and killing your momentum. We see it in the text. The people of God allowed the enemy to talk them out of the promise of God. So instead of marching into the promised land, they settled for the wilderness. Not only did they settle for the wilderness, but they were even willing to go back to the bondage and die in their captivity. But I like Caleb. I like Caleb. Caleb was different, y'all. Caleb and Joshua gave an excellent report. The Bible said later on that Caleb said to the people, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Later in the text, in Numbers 14, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes when they heard the report of the ten others. And they spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring, it up, uh, bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Fear the people of the Lord, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. I like Caleb. Now, you may wonder, why was Caleb so different? Why didn't Caleb and Joshua have the same type of mindset as the ten other spies? Well, the Bible gives us a clue. Because the Bible says that Caleb had a different spirit. This next level that you're about to walk in, you're going to need a different type of spirit. You can't go into this land with the same old stuff that you did before. The anointing of yesterday won't hold you up in the anointing that you need for today. You've got to have a different type of spirit. You've got to have a radicalized faith. You've got to say, I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. 
Come what may, throw your best shot, devil. I'm standing on ground that is set in the blood of Jesus, and I'll be able to do everything that God called me to do. Listen, Caleb was of the mindset. He was so different. The Bible says that after God punished all of those who rebelled against him, and they walked around for 40 years, it was actually 45 years before Caleb could walk into what God had called him to. But Caleb says, I'm strong today as I was 45 years ago. I'm telling you, when you're walking the anointing of God, he'll sustain you. He'll hold you up. He'll gird you with his righteous hand. He'll hold you. He'll redeem the time. Now, I don't know about some of you who did everything right, who got everything right. You never made any mistakes. But for those who have made some mistakes, for those who have missed out on some opportunities, for those who need God to redeem your time back, speed up your time, speed up your progress, speed up your anointing, speed up your blessings. trust in material things. We put our trust in our giftings because the Bible says giftings come without repentance. But God is calling us to a new level, a new level of calling, a new level of anointing where you can't put your hope in things that can pass away. No, 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 you may have to get back in. Look, can I, I know I'm coaching, but sometimes I got to go back to the Baptist roots and I got to say my hope is filled with nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy, holy lean on Jesus, they're on Christ. Christ. My children just got arrested on Christ. The doctor just gave me a bad report on Christ. I just got an eviction notice on Christ. They say they're going to terminate us on Christ. with you, I would say bye-bye to fear. I would say bye-bye to uh, all types of doubt that's going on in your mind. I would say bye-bye to depression. Come on. I would say bye-bye to the lies that you've been telling yourself. Bye-bye to the insecurities that you've been living with. Bye-bye to every addiction that's trying to hold you in your mindset. Bye-bye lack. Stop lying, 
Stop complaining. Stop settling. And start walking. It's time to go. It's time to go. If you agree with this, stand on your feet. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Later for yesterday. Later for next. I'm talking about right now. It's time to go. It's time to walk in everything. And this altar call is real good. Because I told you not coming out of here, leaving the same way. If you've been selling, flood this altar in any area of your life. In any area, flood this altar. You've been settling and you realize I got some stuff that God wants me to walk out. If you've given up and you say, uh-uh, my faith has been expanding, hit this altar. And when you come, you need to give God a praise saying, God is already done. It's already done. Because it's not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. If you've been complaining, you've been blaming others, you've been blaming your circumstances, and you need to be worshiping God because you're blessed, you come to the altar. And begin to declare freedom over your life. Freedom. Freedom over every bondage. Freedom over wrong mindsets. Freedom. 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 If you're sick in your body, lift up your hands and begin to receive the healing of the Lord. He said he sent his word, and his word, and his word healed thee. Freedom, we declare to be. Angels are doing warfare right now on your behalf. We release the angels to go into your circumstances. When you get back to your job, things will be different. When you get back to your homes, they will be different. Freedom, 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 freedom. No more bondage, no more captivity. Freedom, 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 freedom. Every generational curse, we cancel it right now. In Jesus' name. What mama dealt with, what daddy dealt with, we curse it at his root in the name of Jesus. We believe. I thank you for it, Jesus. Every head bow, every eye closed. You may be in here. And you say, you know, well, I, I'm not walking with God. And so I don't know if I'm a candidate to walk in all that you just talked about. I'm telling you right now, it's your deliverance day too. Today is your freedom day too. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. You are not what you've done. God can redeem anyone. He redeemed me. Guess what? He can redeem anybody. There's X everything under here.
but you're saying, I want to have this relationship with Jesus where I can walk in this thing. Come on, put your hands up real quick and put it back down. If that's you, I want that relationship with Jesus. I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. Y'all pray, saints. Hands all over the place. Pray. All you got to do is repeat after me. Come on now. Repeat with me, with them so they will feel comfortable. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my life. Take up residence. I'm yours forever. No more going back to the bondage. I am free today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Now, Father, seal this word. Because the enemy will try to come to take this word, but he is a liar and he has been exposed. So, Father, I thank you that, Lord God, we're not going back to the filth. And we're not going back even to the lies that we believed. But today, God, we believe you. So God, manifest yourself in their lives throughout this week just as a bonus to let them know I'm with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hug your neighbor. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text JESUS to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.